We sang this morning, shine the light, let the whole world to see. But one thing for sure, that's what we desire to do. In, in our, even our lives, among our friends, our family members, we just want to be helpful. Everybody is that's out intent. It doesn't always work out that way, but we want to be helpful. We want to be light. We want to be good parents, good children, good friends, good teacher, good employees, good employees, good boss, good pastors, good congregation. We all want to make a positive impact. That's what we desire. We want to shine the light so that the whole world can see. Well, shining our light onto others is growing in grace. The grace that we have received is the greatest gift of all. This gift that you have received, or those who are about to receive, and yet to receive, is it shining? Is it making music? Or is it still in the box? You know, when you receive a gift normally, it's in the box. All wrapped up. It's just still wrapped with the gift paper. But you know it's there. A gift that you can always rely on. That's what grace is. But is it shining? Or is it still in a box? Well, we're continuing our series on growing in grace. Second Peter 3.18 commands us to grow in grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, our Christ Jesus. That's what we are called to do once we receive grace. And the one who gave this grace taught us to grow and grow, grow with the grace. In other words, unwrap the gift paper that he came with. Reveal it. Let it shine. And let it shine through you. So today we will talk about how to grow in grace by letting it shine. Letting it shine around the darkness. So Matthew 5, 16 specifically says to do so. In the same way, let your light shine before men. In other words, unwrap it. Don't just store away in a, a secular place. Don't just lock it up. It says to let the shine, light shine before men so that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. We are told, we are commanded to unwrap the grace that you have received. If you have buried it in the ground, 
Dig it up. Unwrap it. Now, grace may be invisible, but this particular Bible verse says to make it visible. Are you ready to make it visible? You have to make it visible. That's what we are taught to do. If we know as believers, Christians, how to make grace visible before man, God will be pleased and we can live a life that is so pleasing not only to everyone around us, but be a blessed life. So far, we have been talking about uh, on this series, different topics, sub- subtopics if well within this series. Last week, we talked about how we need to pull the weeds out of our mind. <clears throat> I want to pull the weeds out of my lawn about one quarter of the amount. So I have a three quarter of the amount to go. So I'm looking for volunteers who will join me. <laughs> Lots of weeds out there. I did not know it was a weed. There were, there were weeds until it became evident they're all weeds, not grass. We talked about it in prior weeks, how we need to forgive. When you forgive, it shows the light is shining onto others. That's growing in grace. Uh, grace. When you're honest before man, you are growing in grace. When you fear God, boy, you are growing in grace. By doing the things that God says to do and also not doing the things God says not to do, people can see the light will shine. And by stepping up. So let's talk about grace a little more in detail. I've shown this demonstration about, I don't know, six, seven years ago, in one of the uh, messages that I deliver. Slightly different message than today's, uh, today's message, but it's about candle light. I like, I don't know how many of you uh, still keep candlesticks in your house. I still have uh, a few. Uh, in the case, we have a blackout. You see, in this area, we got a blackout pretty often. Um, Bluebell here, blackout all the time. But actually, you know, with, with all these LED lights, we don't need the uh, candlesticks as much. But I have one in the kitchen. That's where I walk in, so I can find it. I can find it. I can one in the dining room. I uh, left some in the upstairs just in case. You know, I have a blackout when I'm upstairs sleeping. So there's candlelight. I share this candlelight because it reminds us of something that candle needs in order to stay lit. Wonder what that is. It reminds the particular Bible verse we just read. Let your light shine before men. This candlestick, when it's lit, it shines before men. So we can see that we can find the directions. So what is this light the Bible is talking about? What is this light 
Let your light shine before men means let the grace shine before men. That's what it means. The grace that we have received, let it shine before men. Why? So that our good deeds before men and our praise to God could be evident before our Father. In other words, we grow in grace when this light is radiating. When the grace that we have received is radiating so that you can actually see before man. Grace isn't something that just has to be kept invisible that no one cannot see. It's only in the heart. It needs to radiate. It needs to radiate in everything that we do as believers. I had a, a very interesting call about a month ago. There's people in California, L.A., read Proverbs 31 as to how to do business in godly way. In other words, how to do business that radiates the light, the grace. That's basically what it is. So I got this call, and this gentleman, the CEO, called me. They want to incorporate this concept, which is a grace concept, which is all in the Bible, in their business. Their business put them mature. They're going through a lot of struggles and tough times with employee relations and things like that. And they decided among themselves they really want to implement it. And so they actually try to implement it. And they're getting a lot of difficulties. How do you actually incorporate godly words and intent and the attitude in the business? We're having a hard time. So they invite me to come over. Well, actually, I get a lot of calls like that. So uh, I politely tell them, I like to, but I really can't. Without really saying, for me to go to California, it takes, go back and forth. I have to come in at least three days. Because they want me to come to their place and spend the entire day just chatting and discussing and just, you know, mentor them. And I said to them, well, if you're really that serious, if it's that important to you, why don't you make some investment? Okay, what's that? Well, why don't you come over here instead of me going over there? I'm only one body, one person. A lot of people, other people want to hear it. Why don't you just come? And their response immediately was, well, we can't because we have business to run. Excuse me? (laughs) But... Our, our, our executive team, all five of us want to listen to this. We just want to learn it. And we all agreed it. When I said, well, I can't help you if you're not making that kind of commitment. Two days later, I got a call saying, all five of us will fly to Bluebell right here. And if you can just spare us one day. So you're going to bring entire five of over executives to come here? Yeah, so if you're making that kind of investment... I'd be more than happy to spend the day with you. Why are they doing this? They want to find a way to more effectively radiate the grace they have received, not only their personal lives and their business. Well, what was more interesting is that a week later, which would have been about three weeks ago, I got another similar call. 
this time from a CEO in Korea. He says, Mr. Haas or Pastor Ha, uh, when are you coming to Korea? I said, well, you know, I go there time to time and you know, some time here and I don't really know, but different times I go. Well, can I just email you once in a while? So all the questions that I have, I've been trying to implement this and still having a hard time. So can you just uh, be able to mentor me and uh, answer these email questions? Have you tried to like, answer some of these uh, uh, subjective uh, questions in an email? It takes time. So I politely said, well, I like to, but I get so many calls like this. I have a hard time just managing my several hundred emails a day that come from my business and a little bit from the church and other ministry. I just can't accept. I cannot say yes to something I cannot keep up. And then I remember, uh, you know, I, I'm actually having a, this session, one-day session in Bluebell, Pennsylvania, in my office in about a, a three weeks from now. Would you like to come? He did not even hesitate. Really? Can I come? So this guy, this CEO is coming from Korea just to participate in one day. They are ready to reveal, put into practice the grace that they have received unto others. They want to shine the light, the grace before men. They want to unwrap it. They want to reveal it. They want the others to see. They understand the greater purpose in life and business now. It is to shine the light, to shine the grace before men. Because they all understand that this is how to grow in grace by letting the light to shine. Referring to this light, this candlelight that's lit before you. Now, if I bring a, a little bit or drop of gasoline on top of this, what would happen? It would explode, right? Are you sure? You mean to try it? It will with one huge assumption. With one huge assumption that you are taking it for granted. You know what happens to this light? When I cover this, let's see how long it takes that this light can sustain on its own. It takes more than just the candle or match to light a candle. It takes more than just a candle to sustain a light. 
What does it take? It takes air. A-I-R. Air. That's the assumption that we make. That air will be available. Assumption that air will always be there. With assumption that without air, nothing is going to happen. We know it unconsciously. We know it. Fire can only ignite in the presence of air. Without the air, without the oxygen, nothing will happen in our physical world. To keep the candle burning, we need air. Those executives who called willing to come here, they want to keep their light burning. They want to live out the grace. They want to grow in grace. And they realize they need something more. They are realizing the candlestick is not good enough. They're realizing candlestick with a match is not good enough. Can't sustain it. They need something more. More than just the know-hows. More than just the knowledge. More than just reading the book. Now they seem to understand that which we always been taking granted. That they need air to be able to sustain the light. So the question is, what is this air? As you have seen, this candle light will die without air. Candle light will surely die. I have shown it to you. You see, the grace that we have received is like a candle. Yet, just as a candle light can die without the presence of air, so is growing in grace. Our desire to grow in grace will fade without the air. But I have to clarify one thing. Grace will never die. Candlestick alone will always be there. Grace will not fade. But the growing in grace can fade, can die without the air. Candlelight, candle can, will not die. But without the air, the light cannot sustain. Then what is this air that we need to grow in grace? It's the presence of the Holy Spirit. You didn't think the air was that powerful, did you? Well, air is very powerful. You may not think the Holy Spirit is that powerful. It's just saying in Christian world, let me remind you, Holy Spirit is powerful. Who were able to ride this amazing Holy Spirit to get things done, to shine the light before the man? 
Well, Paul was one of them. Apostle Paul was one of them. And the Bible clearly shows how much he was in the Holy Spirit. Acts 11.24, he was a good man. Everybody is good man here, good man and woman here. But Paul was full of Holy Spirit and faith. Paul was a good candle, but had air around him all the time. Paul had a grace, but he also had Holy Spirit around him all the time to sustain the grace. It's truly light before man. Being a good man is not good enough to keep the light on. That's what that Bible verse says. He was a good man, but he had a Holy Spirit with him. It is not good enough to carry the vision and the dreams. Just being a good man, a good woman. Being a good man is not good enough to be able to endure all those persecutions. You think Paul is the only one who went through the persecutions? Maybe a little higher degree. Every single one of you are going through the persecutions of different degree, challenges, difficulties. It takes air. It takes the Holy Spirit to keep the grace burning in our hearts. The Bible says Paul was full of the Holy Spirit. So how do we manifest the Holy Spirit in us? It's quite simple. Just as you have decided to walk into the sanctuary auditorium to worship God. Just simple in that we just need to believe in the presence of and the power, and the work of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is not visible. Just like air, air is not visible. But the air is extremely powerful. We can feel its presence. We can feel its power. We can feel the work of it. We can feel the air, even though it's not visible. Oh, boy. Think about all these people in Florida, Georgia, North Carolina, Bahamas, Puerto Rico, where the hurricane, hurricane Dorian is, is, is going through. They understand the power of air. They understand the presence, they feel the presence of the air. Let me remind you again, air is not visible, but we can feel it. 
air is powerful. It makes the world go around. It has power to carry, power to move. It ignites fire. It keeps fire burning. It has power to retain, retain moisture in the air, causing rain and snow, then even hail. It is the foundation of our ecosystem. Without air, nothing will cease to exist in this planet. Air is not visible. It can carry airplanes. All the birds in the air relies on air. All the seeds of the flowers of the fields are carried by air. The weather is caused by air. And one thing, very, very important, very, very important, without air, you and I, you and I will not last more than two, three minutes. It is powerful. Without the air, everything in our lives will cease to exist. And that's how God created our physical world, to remind us of something. And for spiritual world, however, God sent us the Holy Spirit. Without the Holy Spirit, we become human beings walking lifelessly. You see, God created two different kinds of light. One is physical light, and the other one is spiritual light. Physical light is some light that you could actually see with our bare eyes. A light that can brighten the dark spots. The other one that God created is a spiritual light that you cannot see. It's the light that darkness sometimes don't understand, according to John. You will know in the beginning of the time when God created heavens and earth, did you know that God created two different lights? How many people believe that God created only one light? In the beginning, first day, God created light. God said, it looks great. He was happy. He was pleased. What did God create on the fourth day? He created light. What light was that? It is very, very clear what God created on the fourth day. That's the sunlight that God created on the fourth day. That's the physical light that God created. That what was the light that God created on the first day? It's not very clear like it's in sunlight, but it's a light that is so powerful. So can move the mountains. It is a grace that God created. It is a light. You may not see it. It's more powerful than anything else. Too often we search for sunlight in our lives without focusing on the guiding light that is not visible, but very, very, very powerful and effective.
the first light that he created on the first day is our guiding light of truth. While it may be easier for us to understand the light that God created on the fourth day, which is the sunlight, it is harder for us to understand the light of truth. John 1.5 states, The light shines in the darkness. This very spiritual light shines in the darkness, but darkness has not understood it. That's what God created on the first day. The light of grace. You see, if the light was the sunlight, we would have understood it. Because you can see it. But this light, our guiding light of truth, is the truth of our Lord Jesus Christ, the light of grace. The significance of this first light is to tell the darkness that it no longer governs. It tells the darkness that there is a way out. It tells what is right and wrong. It tells the messed up man or woman that there is hope. It tells the alcohol, drug-addicted people that they have way out. The light of God created on the first day is not just the light, but a guiding light of hope, grace. This is light that can change people. This is light that can save and make impact the people around us. This is the light that can sparkle fire within us, light that can guide us in the right direction. This is the air we need to keep the candlelight burning. This is the light. This is the Holy Spirit that we need in order for us to grow in grace. And here's what Jesus said, talking about the presence of the Holy Spirit. John 16, 7, but I tell you the truth. It is for your good that I am going away. This is Jesus speaking to the disciples. Unless I go away, the counselor will not come to you. Counselor, the Holy Spirit will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Meaning, you will always have that air of the Holy Spirit with you all the time. And after speaking about sending us the Holy Spirit so that we may grow and know in knowledge as to what to do with the grace, John 16, verse 13 through 14 says, but when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will bring glory to me by taking from what is mine and making it known to you. The air, the Holy Spirit will help us to get there, help us to sustain the light, help us to radiate the shine 
the light before men. When the Spirit of truth comes, when the Holy Spirit comes, He'll guide us, speak to us, and reveal how to sustain the light and how to grow in grace. How? Simply, simply believe in the power of the presence of the Holy Spirit. Just as now you understand the power of air, power of wind. It's not visible, but it's very, very visible. Holy Spirit may not be visible, but it is very, 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 very visible. As for me, when I'm in top spot, I simply believe that God is going to guide me, take me, speak to me, and make known what is not known to me yet. And that's the spirit in which Paul was able to sustain his challenges. He was full of Holy Spirit, just as Jesus was full of the Holy Spirit. In fact, Jesus was, is the Holy Spirit. Luke 4, verse 1 and 2. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit. Remember this. He was led by the Spirit in desert. Verse 2, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. You know what that means? All the persecution that we go through doesn't matter. Because as long as you believe in the power of the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit will carry you through. Holy Spirit helps you to endure, persevere any challenges. Because even for Jesus, it was led by the Spirit into the desert. Which means when Jesus went to the desert, for 40 days when he was tempted, God was revealing something. Showing uh, Jesus something. And the Bible says he ate nothing during those days. Of course, during the difficult times, you lose appetite, right? I'm sure he probably faced the same thing. But at the end, he was hungry. He was okay. He saw the power of the Holy Spirit that's within him, that there is hope. There will be resurrection. There will be new beginning and new life. For all mankind, that's what kept him going. Jesus' struggle, his challenge, are the same as our struggles. Or in fact, our struggle that we go through is not much different. Maybe slightly lesser degree. And when we simply follow and believe as Paul said, believe in faith in the presence of the Holy Spirit. We are then growing in grace. And we are making the beautiful music in Christ.